What is up, everybody? Welcome to the week 15 DFS MVP podcast. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. As always, with Mr. John Daigle, my trusty co-host on a, uh, I mean, basically our second Thanksgiving week of the year. We got a three-game slate on Saturday. So uh, how are you feeling this week? Fun. Three-game slate as well. Also, for the live people, I am using Chris Allen's Yeah, let's not bury the lead, right? And set up here because I'm in Ohio for poker night. We're going to catch up with him, Justin Edwards, Drew Davenport, some others from four four and around the industry. Very excited. But also, I don't like it's a it's basically a studio or command center he has set up here. And I'm going to constantly be looking at the wrong camera. There's so much going on over here. So good luck That's to right. me. The live crowd is going to be in store for a show here. But yes, excited for the three hammer to talk at the top and excited for Sunday as well. Let's just get that overrated Pliny the Elder bottle out of frame and uh, we will uh, pull some of those whiskeys up and then we'll be all good to go. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Um, before we get into uh, the Saturday slate discussion, uh, just a reminder to everybody that uh, DFS pricing is down to $24 for the rest of the year. We go through Super Bowl with our content and projections. Uh, plenty of time, two full months of DFS still to go. So lots of value on that $24. Bucks. Make sure you get signed up for that. Go over to the plans page at 444. Uh, everything is discounted down to $24. Um, Dale, before we hop into our usual uh, decision point of the week, let's talk a little bit about the Saturday slate. Just touch on it. Obviously, these three game slates are always a little bit tricky just because I mean pretty much anybody that's playing significant snaps is in play uh we I did a big write-up this week uh on the slate and and the intro just talks about the different approaches you take to smaller slates um it's not just a value-based slate because you kind of fit everybody into the slate it's more building around um narratives uh building around game scripts so we have three very distinct games we have a game that is uh expected to be a shootout early in minnesota and that makes the slate interesting because a lot of the chalk will be early in minnesota um with with minnesota and indy uh second game looks like it should be a dud with cleveland and baltimore not a lot of uh scoring expected there some value on the cleveland side not a lot of people are going to be touching uh baltimore and then late game should be a fireworks game, but um, Lake Effect snow warnings over there. So that's going to throw a huge wrench in things. Usually snow isn't a huge concern for offense, but it sounds like this one is going to be uh, pretty brutal with some wind, so it should have an effect. So um, what are your just kind of general thoughts on the slate and um, how you're thinking about approaching the three-gamer? I, like everyone else, do enjoy the Colts-Vikings game mm-hmm. uh, the most. I know where everyone's head is already at, and that's thinking about how sneaky is Dolphins Bills going to be with the weather. And we have seen the total start at 48, get decreased to 42, already been bet back up to 44 now. I do wonder if it's uh, well money. I wonder if it's money that matters. Uh, And my my whole point is not even about the weather. Uh, It's just about how poor to expectations these two offenses were performing anyhow coming Mm -hmm. into this game. Um, I expected it to be under anyways before like weather yeah. became and became a factor. Uh, just to a alone having completed only forty six percent of his passes the past two games and tougher matchups against the Chargers and Forty ers whereas he obviously went nuclear and did what every quarterback does and seems to just be schedule purposes against the Lions, Texans, uh, uh, what other Bears and. Titans, I think it was, uh, but that four game stretch really just all about schedule. And so yeah. 
And plus, not to mention Josh Allen, only seven passing touchdowns. There's so much going on here. My head is mm-hmm. going to blow. Uh, Josh Allen, only seven passing touchdowns total since week nine, six and a half yards per attempt. Not scaring you through the air at all. And that's that's that was my point, really. And so I think about the running game more for Miami more than anything. I don't think Jeff Wills is going to play. Even if he does, I wonder how limited he'll be. So I think sneaking Raheem Mostert in when it's really a – slate with only three expensive running backs everyone's trying to get to and i don't even care about nick chubb given how poor the browns running game has been without starting their starting center the past few weeks so i look to that and more importantly vikings colts is fun not just because of the viking side of the ball and that's what everyone cites but it's the fact like this vikings defense we talk about it weekly is horrible and yeah. You, you can say, like, Matt Ryan washed up has looked bad recently, but then also note that Ryan played the Cowboys, Steelers, and Eagles in his last three games. Three daunting pass rushes. Whereas mm-hmm. in the earlier matchups, softest matches of the year, which this is, against the Titans, Jaguars, and Texans, Ryan went over 350 in all three of those games. So I think Ryan does have the ceiling to win this slate outright and double stacks yeah. with the Colts are live, which makes me yeah. on top of that game in an onslaught game stock. Uh, more, more importantly, emphasizing that more than anything else here. Yeah, I, I think um, if you go to my article on four for four, um, all of the ownership projections and the leverage scores are at the bottom of the page. But this game is going to be very heavily owned. Um, I, I think the way that we're approaching this slate is just where are you onslaughting early or not? And if you're going to onslaught early, I think go all in with the onslaught. Don't don't uh, alligator arm it. I'm talking like you know six, seven players. I think they allow seven players from the same game um, in the onslaught uh, and, and get a couple unique pieces in there. I think my favorite early unique pieces um, are KJ Osborne and, and Alec Pierce. I think Alec Pierce could get loose against that Viking secondary that. Um, you know, they, they really give it up in chunks. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I think you can be contrarian by onslaughting it, but onslaughting it with Matt Ryan. If you don't onslaught the game, I think we're kind of just looking at um, a balanced build. I, I don't think that uh, the even if that early game goes under, um, just the other two games have so many concerns that you mentioned. I think balanced builds make sense. I don't think onslaughting to uh, onslaught in another game makes a ton of sense, um, especially the, the the middle game. That that game is just gross. Although I do think that we do have a couple interesting contrarian pieces in that game. Um, I think you could play Tyler Huntley naked, hope that he gets all the rushing. We're not going to get a lot of scoring in that game, but if he gets, you know, if he gets you just whatever modest passing he's going to give you, and then, I don't know, 80 on the ground and a touchdown, and you could get an extra stud in your skill positions that other people don't have because you're playing Huntley, especially on DK, I think that makes it interesting. And then if you are just looking for um, a, a cheap, touchdown hope if, if the running backs don't uh go off the, the three that you talked about then a touchdown from a third running back can make the difference and people are going to play jk dobbins because he scored last week but him and gus edwards had almost the exact same workload last week so i think in if, if you need a really contrarian piece i think gus edwards is a is an Great. option there I, yeah and then the the, the late game i mean Josh Allen stacks are going to be fine. Josh Allen is going to get some with his legs. The wind and the snow is going to impact the game in such that I, I think it's going to keep me from like Josh Allen triples and, and stuff like that. I, I think Josh Allen singles are still going to be fine to get studs, uh, other studs in the early game. I think you can play pass catchers in this game. Again, I just don't think we're playing multiple pass catchers from the same team in this game. I think you could play a, a traditional like a, like we do on, on the full slates. 
a Josh Allen single with a bring back, I think is okay. Even with the, even with the conditions, um, there's still going to be enough to go around for one of the past catchers to get there. Raheem Mostert is going to be one of the most popular values on the slate. So there's opportunities there. Devin Singletary and James Cook are going to cut into each other's ownership a little bit, but if one gets steamed, it's going to be Cook. So there's some uh, leverage opportunity with Singletary um, as well. Well put. I also like Mark Andrews and Skinny Stacks with the Browns. Ravens over the last month quietly allowing a league-high completion rate on throws 20 yards downfield. And, um, you know, Watson has thrown five times downfield, and he's been bad. He's only completed one of them. But all five of those targets have gone to Donovan Peoples-Jones, only one player. So I think Skinny Stacks with either Donovan Peoples-Jones or Amari Cooper, not sure how many people want to play him. Uh, And, again, Andrews hasn't – gone over 70 yards or caught a touchdown since week seven. Not sure how many people want to play him either, even though it's an ugly slate, even though, you know, everyone got excited about him with Tyler Huntley last week. If you're not going to get excited about him in a skinny stack or on a, on a three game slate, then I don't know what to tell you. So it just seems like a good bounce back opportunity there, but yes, I'll be avoiding that game. Like a lot of people are mostly. I also know I want my exposure in one way or the other in the bills dolphins game, even more the Browns Ravens game, Um, Mm -hmm. my defense exposure. And so, I have to think about what direction, but yeah, uh, Josh Allen, 30 points doesn't kill you in this slate, in my opinion. I think Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan can match that. Uh, the 40 burger will kill you. You will win the slate if that's the yes. case. Yeah, I agree. Um, head on over to 444, check out the, the breakdown. Um, every angle is covered in there, uh, and we'll be running back again next week on on uh, Christmas. We have the three-game slate is on Sunday. So we'll be doing that again next week. But let's hop into uh, the main slate on week 15. As we always do, start with the decision point of the week. Um, I do think it's one of the most unique slates of the week because, especially on DK, we have a lot of punt options, which we haven't had all year. But what is the thing that um, you're hanging your hat on or that is just shifting how you're thinking about the slate this week? That's interesting you say that because I don't see many punt options. So I'm excited to talk with you about, about a couple But for me, it is the fact that I genuinely think there are only two, like, combative games that we're going to discuss on this slate. Like, games that may push each other, and the Mm Titans-Chargers and Jaguars-Cowboys. And I don't know ownership just yet. We're recording on Friday afternoon. I'm trying to see where everyone's going to come in. Because if we are too excited about the Jaguars and thus ignoring the Cowboys or – we don't think the Jaguars can hang and thus ignoring the Cowboys. That's kind of the area I want to live at since mm-hmm. Eric Henry and the Titans can slow this game down for the Chargers. Like I talked about this with Shark Clark on the video on our YouTube page, which everyone should go watch. And um, he even mentioned that, yeah, like Derrick Henry's ceiling game, he believes even into the betting streets, like that leans towards the under and thus Justin Herbert in the passing game, not hitting their ceiling since we've seen Derrick Henry Average. Well, uh, Derek Henry's one of my plays this week. I'll save it for that. But overall, yeah, sure. I, I think there are two games on this slate I'm excited about. And so I'm curious if you are seeing ownership right now condensed to those two games. Because if so, I need to, to to think about where else to look. Or do you think it's going to be spread out given that people may want to play the Eagles in a blowout and the Texans in a blowout? I, I th- another reason I think this is one of the most unique slates of the week is because I do think ownership is going to be very flat um, across the board. I, I, I don't think we're going to have, we might not get a 30% guy on the slate. Um, and even though those games are uh, th- those two games, I, I do agree are going to be the ones that we want to target. 
Um, I think we have a lot of standalone values, which we'll get into um, as we go through the podcast, that are going to take ownership from other spots, whether it be um, whether it be like an Alvin Kamara or cheap wide receivers. Um, uh, obviously, the, the Chiefs and the Eagles are are in good blow up spots, um, but also blow out spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Chiefs are just always weird. They're just never going to get a ton of ownership outside of Kelsey, just because it's hard to to pin down who does what there. Um, and then the Eagles, I, I think, will get moderate ownership. They're they're not going to be crazy, but they'll they're all kind of in the price ranges where they will take away from um, Cowboys and Jaguars players. And with the Cowboys and Jags, like we don't have like a clear slam dunk value in that game and we also don't have like a guy that just dominate touches we have a backfield share in dallas um zay jones is cheapish uh, but dallas has tons of options we've seen jacksonville use a lot of weapons a lot of different ways so they all kind of eat into each other's ownership the point is i think you can just kind of plant your flags this week and if you do like a game go all in on it and oh, it's buddy. probably going to be unique yeah that makes me feel amazing because well we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that here in a second yeah, the thing, um, the the thing that I'm really looking at this week, and and especially on DraftKings on on Fanduel, um, running backs just dominated the flex. Although the last couple of weeks we've seen wide receiver in the flex, I, I just think you can't do it as often as you can on DraftKings. I don't think people on DraftKings really pay enough attention to not only just like what they're doing in the flex, but what what should be what looks optimal that week and what the field is going to be do, doing. And it's one of my favorite thing about doing. Um, our ownership projections at four for four is that it really does give me a pretty good primer on how the field is going to use the flex. And I think this week is setting up as a three running back week. I think that's probably going to be um, optimal from a value perspective, especially if Ramon J. Stevenson plays because uh, we, there are guys that are affordable. I think there are pay down options at wide receiver that lets you get in three viable um, running backs. And I, I have one of the highest cumulative projections on running backs that I've had all year. So um, that, that's not to say that uh, you shouldn't be playing wide receivers. I just think when you're building, you should be cognizant that where whereas usually 30% of lineups flex a running back, I think this week it could be 50 to 60. So just think about that when you're building your lineups. Uh, you're muted, Diggle. Gosh, there's so many mice over here. Uh, uh, and of course, for Saturday, remember flex option app for the Ravens, Browns, and Bills, Miami. Like, make sure it's in the flex. Don't don't go putting yes. like having another like Tyree kill in the waiting with a nine k salary, and then have a Colts or Vikings player in your flex. Do not be that person. Yeah, definitely do that. Be, be paying a lot of attention to late swap on Saturdays, and where the field is usually, uh, the f- especially on DK. Actually, on both sides, the field tends to flex tight end more than they should. On the shorter slates, it's actually a lot more viable, um, I, I think, at least. So I, I think uh, some extra flex tight end field. Uh, I, I also uh, forgot to mention, um, you can definitely play Jonathan Taylor with Matt Ryan. You can definitely yeah, yeah. stack them together, especially in a short slate. Absolutely. Let's get into our um, favorite, most successful segment of the week. The underdog card builder that Did we, we bounced back last week. I didn't even go back. No, we, we got screwed by old Andrews last week. But oh yeah, we're just you know what we're gonna the 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 plan of action to close out the year. Our betting guys crush it. Um, our betting yes. snubs have crushing it all year, and they're posting props every week. So we're gonna just start tailing them, and we're gonna push you guys to those articles because they crush it. Um, and push everyone uh, to the four, to get... four betting discord too, because yeah, like that's, that's yeah. where these picks are coming from. Literally. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's hop into it. Let's throw that up on the screen. Um, 
Remember, if you see at top, we got a booster this week. Um, Jalen Hurts over half of a completion. So make sure you throw that into your cards before you start because it's free money if you hit. And hopefully you guys are all going to get some free money from these two picks today. Uh, I have two fired up from Connor and uh, Ryan's articles, but do you have anything you want to look at before we fire these? No, and I would just say as it pertains to the slate as well, uh, we're not going to talk about Jalen Hurts, but if you think it's very narrative there isn't metrics to back it up. But if you do think like, given that if the, the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, the Eagles coast the next two weeks, like they're, they're done. They lock up the number one seed. Mm-hmm. So if you think there's a chance that the Eagles and Sirianni think this is Jalen Hurts MVP campaign game, Ooh, um, interesting. Like he gets like, he's the one who wins the slate. And unfortunately, again, although I can't quantify it, that's a metric that's sticking to the back of my brain. And it's just like, well, if they really think that, man, like Jalen Hurst double stack, especially if we don't have Dallas Goddard and the target share stays concentrated, like it breaks Sunday for sure. Yeah, that's uh that's a really interesting angle. Good call on that. Um, I already like the Eagles, but uh, I, I, that's really interesting. Um, all right, I'll, I'll hop into uh, Connor's top pick this week is Austin Eckler under 42 and a half rushing yards. Uh Connor actually bet it um, on another book at 40 and a half rushing yards. So we're actually getting a little bit of value on the under here. Uh, the Eckler has been doing a ton of damage to the air. The Chargers are already a pass heavy offense. They're playing the Titans that are a pass funnel defense. Uh, it, it makes sense that if Eckler does his damage, it will be through the air this week. I still like Eckler, but I think under 42 and a half rushing yards makes a lot of sense, especially because we are getting value on it compared to other books. And I have him in my DFS tournament article, but I even noted in that article, he's been under 50 yards in seven of his last eight games, but he's still the RB2 in points per game because of what he yeah. does to the air. So you can absolutely yeah, stack can. him as a standalone option. You can play him with Justin Herbert, but we are definitely not expecting rushing yards, especially, yeah, he you know, can. again, the Titans haven't allowed anyone to go over 66 yards since week one. Like they just stuff everyone. Yeah. Eckler can get 25 rushing yards and still put up 25 DK points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another one, we talked about the uh, crazy weather expected in Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen, always a threat to run. The over-under is at 47 and a half rushing yards. Um, as we talked about last week um, with Jalen Hurts, teams that play a lot of man and blitz a lot are teams that quarterbacks tend to have really good rushing games against those mobile quarterbacks. Uh, Dolphins do that, and then obviously the weather is going to make it tougher to throw the usual uh, gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Anything over 15 is where we really start um, paying attention, so double that. And uh, Josh Allen should be getting it done on the ground. I mean, going back to that 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 Saturday slate. I mean, I think I probably won't ever play Josh Allen naked just because. I mean, his you know pairing him with Diggs, especially on a short slate, is so um, so always going to be intriguing. Uh, ancillary options are tough, but I mean, Josh could, like you said, the forty burger for Josh is very much in play this week. As Mr. Scampers points out in the chat too, Mike Jasicki's line is at a one and a half yards since he hasn't reached one yard in three consecutive games. So it's a fair Dude, line. Let, I mean, is what, what, he, what, why did the, they franchise tagged him? Yeah. Yes. Um, I will say though, for the short slate Saturday, uh, remember like Dalton Schultz, Durham Smythe, who's questionable, I believe didn't play two games earlier this year. And those are the games that Jasicki ran around on 70% of dropbacks. That's when he became a fantasy asset in those two games. So if Durham Smythe is out Saturday night, I do think Jasicki's live. 
Sweating through my uh, injury updates. Wow. What are we? <laughs> uh, Twenty-five dollars to win one fifty. We got that freebie on the Jalen Hurts, assuming that he plays a snap, which he very much should. Uh, get that bet in if you're watching before they take these lines down, because we are line movers. Hopefully, you guys are watching enough for us to be line movers. Um, and if you're listening on the audio. We do post these on Twitter. Hopefully, when you get the audio, these are still up, but better to be watching and get them um, as soon as possible. Go to 444.com slash underdog or use the promo code 444 when you sign up for a new underdog account. That'll get you a free DFS subscription at 444 and a 100% deposit match up to $100. Let's hop into the week and start with quarterbacks as we always do. Who are you liking this week? We talked about the Jaguars-Cowboys game, and I will be all over Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at long-term for this Jaguars defense since week six, allowing 285 passing yards, 22 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks per game, in that time, only Russell Wilson hasn't finished his QB1 for fantasy against them. So I expect Dak to continue that trend. But even short-term, in the last month, Jacksonville permitting the third-highest rate of passing touchdowns, including a league-high nine passing touchdowns inside the red zone, just falling apart all over. And, of course, this Dak Cowboys offense has averaged 35 points per game since he returned from injury. So I have question marks on the Jags side of the ball for sure against Dallas's defense, even though they are suffering an injury cluster in their secondary. Either way, though, I have no question marks about Dallas putting up 30 points. Their team totals at 26 and a half. Both myself and Ryan Noonan already bent over that. So, yes, I love this spot for Dak. Yeah, I'm always pretty um, trepidatious to stack heavily um, on main slates, especially in like the larger field stuff. I, I just throw a couple, a couple uh, million makers in just because uh, I, I have to. But I think this is a week where you can stack this game pretty heavily. Like I, I think, I think like Dak doubles with a with two bringbacks is in play this week. Um, I really like this game a lot. I have more to say on it later, so I'll just leave it at that. But uh, it, it is until you you threw that that Jalen hurts. Um, uh, MVP talk at me. D- Dak was my favorite quarterback on the slate, but now I have to think it. But a guy that a team that is popping this week, and I'm I, I kind of put this more because I want to talk to you about it more than I'm sure about it. But Mac Jones, yeah, I saw this on the notes, and uh, yeah. I was like, I don't know what's happening in TJ's head right now, but I'd love to hear it's. It's only because he. Well, let's go through like why he would be a good value this week. Um, yeah. His, his salary is already low. Raiders are one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, they're one of three teams that are bottom 10 and schedule just points allowed to both running backs and quarterbacks. The Raiders face a top uh, 10 passing rate over expectation. New England has been top 10 in pace over the last six weeks, which is pretty surprising, but the Raiders are bottom three in pace. We have Mac Jones projecting as a top two value on DraftKings at quarterback. And when I talked about like a lot of these pay down options, the all of his pass catchers are cheap, so they're all popping in our projections too. I have moderate projections on them, but I think that um, I, I think across the industry, some like I, I think they might end up being somewhat popular just this passing game because the Raiders' defense has been so bad. Mac Jones is in no way a cash game option. I like I think he can like whatever hit three x salary or four x salary or whatever, but I still don't know if that's enough to use him in tournaments, and I don't like. I, I really try not to disagree with the projections, but I don't love the fact that, like, I, I think I can just kind of avoid this game altogether, at least the New England side. Um, 
despite them all popping in in our uh, value scores this week? Well, like, what what do you think? What do you make of of the Patriots, especially if Ramondre doesn't play? What do you make of of this passing attack? And remember, it's not just a Ramondre. Ramondre. Um, I, I don't even know if Chikobinar has practiced again this week. Did he get in a limited session on Friday? Because he was DMP um, still on Thursday. So, like, if we don't have Myers or Ramondre, I mean, what the hell is this offense? That's my question. So. I think I'd be I'd feel much more comfortable skinny stacking it. Okay, we're hearing Derek Brown, of course, for our friend at Fantasy Pros yeah, is in Jacobi the chat. Limited. He's saying, yeah, he was limited on Friday. So maybe he plays. And honestly, that's the way I was looking at it because forty seven hundred on DraftKings for Jacoby, I am very interested in. No one's going to play yeah. him. But Mac, Jacoby, no Ramondre. I gosh, I don't know, man. I, I don't yeah. know. If, I don't, I, if, I, I if Ramond- haven't thought on it. If Ramondre plays, like Patriots could be the like uh, because ownership is so flat this week. If Ramondre plays, the Patriots could be the most owned offense on the slate, which is crazy to think about. Um, so I, I just wanted to bring them up because they, he is popping as a value, but I just think the ceiling of this offense is crazy limited, and I like he he doesn't have the floor to play him in cash because he doesn't rush much. And I just don't think the offense has a ceiling to play him in tournaments, especially with the smash spots we have this week. I mean, it's the same thing a lot of very sharp players did with Russell Wilson last week. Uh, if mm-hmm. Jerry Judy was popping and Greg Dulcich was popping, it's like naturally then you get to yeah. Russell Wilson. Sure. Very and again, I, I know a couple like DFS pros that went to Russell Wilson because of that reason in small mm-hmm. field tournaments. I think that's the case you're pretty much making for Mac. So, I mean, if yeah. someone just did that's, it literally just last sense. week, yeah. you, can't, sure. you can't say it's a bad idea. I just genuinely haven't thought about it much since – Everyone's been out of practice until Friday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ramondre. That's really going to sw- swing things um, quite a bit. You, you briefly touched on this play at running back, um, but talk to me about Derrick Henry because that's interesting what you said that that you think that or, – or on the podcast you guys talked about that uh, a Henry Sealy game might limit the upside of this game on the Charger side. Like – Last week, uh, people don't know it when they look at the box score. They just think, oh, Henry was dominant throughout the game. That dude had a lot of carries for 96 yards and a touchdown yeah. in the first quarter. It should have been a 400-yard game, but he gets <laughs> yeah. scripted out. That's why he's averaged yeah. 22 fantasy points and wins and 12 points and losses. And so, like, if we do think he kind of hangs around this one, it probably is because they are slowing down or the Titans are dominating game. That would be my lean, which makes me want to skinny stack instead of play like a Justin Herbert double stack with Derrick sure. Henry. You know, that can still be live since Trevor Lawrence with Derrick Henry was the slate winning stack in tournaments on DraftKings last yeah. week because of Lawrence's double stacking salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, not only that, but of course, Chargers defense, still the worst rushing defense in the league, league highs and yards per carry five and a half and yards after contact per attempt. So no matter what the situation, I'm still all over Derrick Henry this week and consider him just a among the high-priced options in this slate. Like He's the one with the high ceiling, in my opinion, by a wide margin. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's basically him and Jacobs, right? Those are the two. That, that's the. Yeah, so you don't think Eckler can get there rushing, um, and then you go down beyond that. Pretty much, it's like Tony Pollard's next up. But at some point, that touchdown juice is going to wear out too. Yeah, that's a. I, I, yeah, I like I like that a lot. Um, and you like another side of this game, but we'll save that because mm-hmm. um, I agree with that a lot too. But uh, the probably the most obvious value on the slate, especially on DraftKings, is Alvin Kamara, 7,600 FanDuel, 68 on DK. 
at home, four and a half points favorites against a very bad Atlanta defense. Atlanta's 20th in schedule, just fantasy points allowed to running backs. Um, but they also rank outside the top 20 um, against every other position. I, now, New Orleans isn't coming there and, and chuck it all over the place, at least I don't think. Atlanta faces the highest rushing rate over expectation over the last six weeks. The problem New Orleans is last in rush EPA and explosive rush rate in that time span. And Alvin Kamara's only seen over 15 touches once in the last five games. Now, Evan, um, I'm sorry, Mark Ingram is out. But my question isn't whether we should be playing Kamara because he is a value. I, I think he's, if he ends up crazy chalky, I think he's a pretty easy fade in GPPs and cash games. Like, yeah. I, think, I think you have to play him. My question to you is like, I have a really moderate ownership projection on Camaro right now because he is around some other guys um, like Pacheco, like Miles Sanders. I think people will play too, but I think I've, I've seen some talk around the industry that Camaro is going to be crazy chalky. I mean, are people just going to say Ingram's out? So yeah, Camaro's a play or are they going to say we don't play saints and he's just going to end up at like 18% or something. I figured he'd be quite high rostered as well. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, we don't move the needle. We should. But uh, it's the ETR boys who move the needle. So I usually tune yeah. in, see, like, what suggestions they have, just because I know then those suggestions are going to get steamed. Uh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm still, like you, I'm on the fence. I do want to play Kamara. And it's not just because, as you touched on, 85% of backfield touches in four games without Ingram this year compared to 71% of backfield touches in the other seven games he played with Ingram. Like, a massive difference for his touches. Not only that, but... Like he, this five game stretch, and it maybe it's long enough to where recency bias does keep his ownership down. But this mm-hmm. five game stretch has been a, against top half of the league defenses and um, schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Whereas you look at his, you know, three previous softest matches before that, it was against defenses in the lower in, in the lower half of the league, and that was the. Seahawks game where he had 29 touches for 194 yards, Cardinals 18 for 105, and the Raiders game 27 for 158 and three. So obviously he's gone nuclear, and yeah. as has Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's played really well in softer matchups, and then they've just been on a five game stretch of the toughest defense in the league. So um, that's the way I look at it. This is another nuclear spot for Kamara. I just again I'm watching what's happening because I don't I can't answer the question. I don't know yet, but if he comes in even like if he comes in 15 to 20. I don't even know if I consider that chalky enough for yeah. his outlook. Yeah, I think he. I, I think with everything you said, I think I'm probably off on the ownership projection. I probably have to bump him way up. Um, but again, I mean, there's always there, we're already projecting running backs for pretty high cumulative ownership. There's only so much running back ownership to go around. And then for Manje plays, I assume people are just going to like lock him in against the Raiders defense because the Raiders are horrible. Um, so. I'll have to see how that plays out by Saturday morning. Um, if if he if I do bump up to Kamara to like twenty five or thirty, we're gonna have some crazy values in GPPs that are priced around him. Um, Miles Sanders is gonna smash. Um, staying in play, staying in the New Orleans game. Uh, I talked about a lot of punt options this week, but uh, one that probably won't be played as much as the other ones for New Orleans. So my worst suggestion this week is going to be Rashid Shahid. And I don't know if you had him in your DFS, like a uh, values for DraftKings. Uh, I didn't again, touch this game. Okay. Because I've been struggling for values. Um, and I knew Elijah Moore was going to get steam. We're definitely going to lose some of Elijah Moore, even though he's still fine at 3,600. Yeah. 3, but I kept looking around him thinking like, 
is there even a piece around here? And genuinely, I think Rashid Shahid for the Saints is a piece because before the Saints went on by, remember, they then uh, put Shahid in the lineup for the second most routes in the team. And now we've seen his snaps, routes run, and target share increase in three consecutive games. And that's for a player who was only ran two fewer routes than Chris Olave before the bye, who was averaging over 18 yards per catch. It's like a walking explosive. And then you look and see, okay, well, like the Falcons' pass defense has been better recently, but that's not it at all. They've just literally played Kenny Pickett, Taylor Heineke, Justin Fields through the air, and P.J. Walker. Like, you go back before that, D.J. Moore in his first game against them had 150 and a touchdown. Uh, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd both went over 130 and a touchdown each. Even Jimmy Garoppolo reached 296 with two touchdowns. Mike Evans, four for 81. Like, they were getting blown up when they played fine competition. And I think Andy Dalton uh, is fine competition, honestly, in this game. So, yeah, whether it's a pivot from Elijah Moore or just a straight salary saver, I like Shahid quite a bit this week. Yeah, um, I mean, go, going back to uh, all the the salary savers, a wide receiver. I when we when I said that up top, I didn't realize that we had added Jacoby to the projections with him in the projections. It knocks down Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, who are really popping as cheap values. But we still have Shahid, like you mentioned, um, and and this is like DK. Like people just don't. You just rarely have to pay all the way down on fan oh, yeah. mid range guys. But on DK, um, like you said, Elijah Moore will still get some uh, some pop just because. Coming off 10 targets, playing against Detroit, Zach Wilson's going to – it'll keep him from being mega chalk. People still play Elijah Moore. Um, you, you also, is, uh, sorry to cut you off, but, yeah, the same reasoning you have for Mac Jones, that kind of goes in line with Zach Wilson as well, who's just at the bottom of quarterback pricing, where Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson pop in the projections. And now, just like even if you look at the redraft streets, how much people are panicking, and rightfully so. Zach Wilson's bad. Um, but yeah. Garrett Wilson was a top 15 receiver in fantasy in two of his last three games with Zach Wilson. He, he didn't, he only went over 70 yards in two of those seven games, the last seven games he played with Wilson. Um, but even then, like he did show he has a ceiling, even if it's at a much more, uh, even if it's at less odds than with Mike White. So that's just some food for thought for that game. Yeah, absolutely. And another um, another paydown guy that will definitely be popular uh, that, that we haven't talked about yet is Chris Moore, um, who, who is a guy that I'm going to suggest probably um, the biggest paydown cash game lock of the week. 6,000 on Fandle, 4,200 on DK um, against the Chiefs. I don't think it matters who starts at quarterback just because they're going to have to throw as 14-point um, underdogs. We saw Chris Moore with a 45.8% target share last week, which was the second highest in the league. Turned 11 targets into 10 for 124. Nico Collins and Brandon Cook still out. Um, as big underdogs, we would assume that they have a, um, a pass-heavy game script. That wasn't the case last week as big underdogs. They just almost took it to uh, Dallas and, and almost won that game, so it was a borderline shootout. But uh, th- this... I, I don't think that probably happens with the Chiefs, but uh, Chris Moore should still get his. Uh, but he might get very, very popular. I don't think I care. Uh, like the remember, <laughs> the, re- the reason we said don't play Dulcich last week, awful play at 30%, um, and play Jerry Judy instead wasn't just for contrarian purposes because the Chiefs have been so bad against wide receivers. And now it's mm-hmm. the same spot. And you mentioned yeah. the 40% target share. It wasn't just that, though. He was literally Devontae Adams of the Texans. Like 58% of the team's receiving yards and 56% of their air yards in that game, too. Yeah. He also saw their only red zone target in the entire game. Like, the dude got everything. 
And so it's the same spot as last week that Jerry Judy went nuclear for three touchdowns. I, I don't think I'd care about his ownership, honestly, at 4,200. Yeah. I think he's like the best play on the slate. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, if he, again, like I don't have crazy high ownership on anybody. So if we get Chris Moore at, um, I don't know, 20%, I think that's okay. I, I, I would suck it. I would suck it up in a heartbeat in an instant. Yeah. It, was, it was all, every bit of usage was too good. Um, let's go back to that Titans and Chargers game. And uh, this is actually one of my favorite plays. I, I wrote up this play and got into it uh, a little bit as one of my favorite plays of the week in my article this week. And it's because the Titans, of course, as we've seen with Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence, everyone knows you can't run on them. That's why they're facing a league-high 40 pass attempts per game. And Justin Herbert himself averaging 43 pass attempts per game. We're going to get the ball through the air here. And more importantly, you look at last week, Mike Williams goes over 100 yards, but – just an 11% target share, and more importantly, 65% of the snaps, which was a season low for a healthy game because he was brought in and actually being a limited player last week. We think that's yeah. going to increase considering before injury, he was playing 90% of the snaps as a full-time player. And so if that is the case, then absolutely. Uh, we want Mike Williams at full health in this spot to a Titans defense, allowing the league highs and yards per target and yards per coverage snap to opposing boundary receivers where he plays. Yeah, last week was weird. We saw um, Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer conv- combined for a 30% snap share. That just, that's not something that's going to happen every week. And as we mentioned um, uh, with Eckler in the underdog segment, that this this pass funnel is one that um, we can really attack. And not just um, attack, but specifically attack on the perimeter, which obviously favors Mike. Like him a lot. It's Even if it's skinny stacks with Henry, skinny stacks with Chig Okonkwo, um, I just like Mike Williams, the best among him and Keenan Allen. Yeah, I like the Mike Williams, Derrick Henry skinny a lot. Uh, you talked about Dak already. Uh, as I mentioned, like with with some of these pay down wide receivers, I think you probably are going to be able to get to um, a stud wide receiver, even in your cash games build. Cash game builds, which isn't always the case on DraftKings. Uh, CD Lamb's actually a better Fanduel value this week, according to four four projections, than a DK value, but still a good value on both sites. Eighty one hundred Fanduel, seventy three hundred DK. Uh, you touched on every reason you like Dak, which is basically everything that I'm going to reiterate here. But as far as the game environment goes, like we talked about, um, if one shoots out, it's going to be this one. It's uh, there's three games on the slate with a total of at least 48 points, but this is the only one where the spread is below a touchdown. We have nine and 14 on the other ones. This is only matchup on the main slate where the two offenses are top 10 in neutral pace over the last six weeks. That obviously helps us out with uh, potential shootouts. Jacksonville bottom three in schedule adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. So bad against the pass. And uh, teams are throwing at the third highest rate over expectation against the Jaguars over the last six weeks. CD, um, still the alpha there. Uh, I like Dak a lot, like you said. I like CD a lot. I think there's lots of ways to stack this game, but uh, CD is um, cheap enough compared to the super expensive guys like Devontae that you should be able to fit him into cash and, and my favorite player in that range by far. And I have a, another mm-hmm. suggestion as well because I do like CD Lamb, but the Dak double stacks are very clearly CD Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Uh, like last night where... I know people were, for whatever reason, worried about George Kittle, when he, even though he was playing Seattle, which also, remember, you never get to victory lap tight ends against Seattle. I saw a lot of that encringement. Uh, <laughs> you're not allowed to do it. And in this case, you're not allowed to do a victory lap if Dalton Schultz goes nuts, since the Jaguars are allowing the most yards per target and yards per snap to opposing tight ends, also third in yards per game to the position. It just makes so much sense. 
even since Dak Prescott, since he returned from injury, uh, Dalton Schultz leads the team with seven end zone targets. Michael Gallup, the next closest, with only two. So seems we're going one direction inside the red zone. If we think Dallas hits their ceiling outcome, then Dalton Schultz will absolutely be a part of it in this game. Yeah, other than than Dalton Schultz, um, it is really a Travis Kelsey or bust week. Um, it's thin slate. Uh, on, yeah, it's a really thin slate on the. Schultz is like the only viable play in the 4K range. Maybe like the only like guy we're even like projecting for reasonable. Vol- oh, I guess Cole Komet too. He's 4K, but everyone else is like 3,500 or below, 3,600 or below. So I mean, when we have these huge gaps in in projection and a player that's absolutely lapping the field, like the the closest thing we we usually see to this is like when Josh Allen and the Bills have like a mega point projection, we'll see Josh Allen just like with a crazy high projection compared to the field. And even if he is popular, we still play him just because the, the, the Delta between the projection and the value scores is so high. And that's the case this week with Travis Kelsey, um, $8,000 Fandle, 7,800 DraftKings. It's usually really hard to get Kelsey into your lineups. You have to make some pretty, um, yeah, you have to make some pretty big sacrifices to do it. But this week, it's relatively easy because there are uh, some values that I think are really viable. Chiefs, the highest uh, game total, uh, team total on the slate, 31.75. Uh, Houston, they profile as a run funnel if you look at season long numbers. But over the last six weeks, they're 20th in pass EPA per play, allowed 22nd in explosive pass rate. I mentioned flat ownership across the board. Um, a, a cheap tight end isn't going to get steam. Like Dulcich has been the flavor of the month, but with the backup quarterback, he won't get steam. So Kelsey maybe ends up at 22%. But I mean, if we're playing 25% Justin Jefferson's, 20% Devontae's, I'm playing 22% Kelsey at this spot. And again, I, li- I like Schultz on DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, he's in that yeah. middle league salary range where like he has to hit his ceiling. But again, I, I do think everything shows up to where it can be a ceiling week for him. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, the defenses really quick. Um, there's actually a lot of good defensive plays this week. There are a ton of good defenses, yeah. You you are on the side that people aren't going to be on in this game that you're talking about. The Jets defense is one I wanted from the very beginning, whether Mike White was in or not, because this is an awful matchup for Jared Goff. Uh, his first ro- the Lions' first road game since... November 20th, first of all, as they've benefited from not only soft matchups, but three consecutive matchups at home as well. And Jared Goff, we know outdoors, we know cold weather, we know he's always performed poor. But even mm-hmm. more than that, I look at the fact that he's played two matchups against Robert Sala defenses when he was back with the Rams. And those were literally the two worst performances of his entire career. Um, 78 yards and 178 yards. No touchdowns, three picks across both games. Uh, this is a Jets defense that is not only one of the best in the league, but has controlled Josh Allen with consistency in both of those matchups. And now it's Jared Goff like outdoors against them. There's no chance here, no chance. So, uh, yeah, I, I have Jared Goff in redraft, ranked outside the top 12 with ease, and I think the Jets defense is the best play here. Yeah, that's um, that's a really good dig on Sala, and then with um, it, it's, that play is probably going to provide some leverage uh, because with Mike White starting, I think people will just click Lions because I think they'll have they'll, they'll want to play against Mike White uh, just because there's so much talk about him, even though Lions defense isn't good. Um, but the the obvious the cash game 
obvious play this week is the Broncos defense, 3,700 FanDuel, 2,700 DK. I said ownership's going to be really flat across the board. I, I didn't think about defense. I still have like a kind of moderate projection on the Broncos. I think that I have them at 27% on DK, which is really high for a defense, but I think I'm going to bump them up even higher into the 30s, maybe even high 30s. Um, they, they, got the, um, they got the Monday special. Uh, with their with the salaries coming out and, oh. and with Kyler tearing his ACL. So that's what's going on here um, with Colt McCoy and everybody's just going to play the Broncos. Just play them in cash. Don't even think otherwise. Uh, and on tournaments, I mean, you know what our take is on this, but uh, I've been burned by it multiple times, but I'll keep dying on it. The That game is offensive to football. Uh, like <laughs> no, Maybe no Marquise Brown in it either. Uh, Colt McCoy and Brett Rippon. Like both team totals are under 18 points. Like that game is offensive. And even I mean, then, with, even then, honestly, if you don't play Broncos defense, like James Connor's getting enough touches where he's going to be overlooked at his salary. Like he, he might actually be a good DFS play. Like the, with everybody hating so hard on Russ this year and with as how bad Arizona's past defense has been lately, like are we're are we just going to look see a, a Brett Rippon three hundred three game just just for the just for the narrative so people could just be more mad at Russ this year like the universe is just going to manifest it for us. I got upset whenever they had those three scoring drives in a row last week. I was like, where the hell was this all year long? And then then again, it ended. It was only three possessions, and that was it. It was to the Broncos after that. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, but uh, yeah, that that game is, uh, as you said, offensive to football. So no, I'm not going to play Brett Rippon, but it'll be funny if that did happen. Uh, if you guys uh, want to want to get our final thoughts on the slate leading up to kickoff hop in the four for four discord uh, on Sunday morning at 1045 Eastern time. As I mentioned, the DFS price is down to $24 or if you don't want to pay $24, you can go to four for four.com slash underdog and sign up for a new underdog account. That'll get you a free DFS sub with your deposit and you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. I'm disappointed that we didn't get the Chris Allen cameo in the Chris Allen corner. Um, but uh, you know, the, the Midwest stays represented four for four over there so have fun at the poker night over there maybe we'll get a uh, chris allen pop in another time uh if you are watching on the youtubes please like the video please subscribe to the channel if you're listening please give us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on twitter daigle is at not jay daigle i'm at teacher hernandez four for four is at four for four football talk to you guys next week